Welcome to Paul Mort Talk Shit. Curious fellow, but I like him. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. He's a shady character. What's his name? Welcome to Paul Moore Talk Shit, Leslie Mode. Hi. So this is a, a bit mad. You're the only ever person that's been on three times. Wow. You've been on more times than James Smith and Darren Cartel. Well, you see, because I'm him. And Richard Crow, I think, is a awesome. doubler. You're awesome. So the reason I wanted to get Leslie in today is because, I mean, I, I'm sure that the last two podcasts that we've done have been very useful for people. The first one I think we did on... It was around like not drinking on holiday and that. And we're not going to cover that today because I know you're almost a year booze free as well. And the second one that we did, actually that first one I remember talking about your mom offering us digestives in the middle of a panic attack. Yeah. It's the hardest I've ever tried not to tell anyone. We talked to a lot off. about being on holiday with the family, I think, yes. that po- in that podcast. Yeah, and then the second one we talked about kind of, it was kind of about you and kind of about me. It was like living with a lunatic and how does somebody support somebody else who has mental health challenges and this one today i wanted to bring you in because you've had you've had quite the transformation oh well thank you very much this year um and i know you're starting to get some traction with this coaching thing and you have a this is mad this we both run pretty much the same business but we have a very different approach almost (laughs) this is mad the opposite approach to business and the opposite approach to most of this shit. So it's uh, I'm sure this is going to be a very interesting dynamic for people. Um, so let's dive straight in on this. Mm-hmm. Why did you join, I hate saying this, my business? <laughs> 2019 it was. I remember the time actually because I'd kind of been left in the shit a little bit. In 2019, I, had, I was doing all right. And then I was left with just me. I went from having two team members to just me. And I'd say around 80 or 90 clients. Like, well, we're doing actually less than that. What made you jump in? Apart from saving me. Well, first of all, I've always be, had some involvement in your business. Back Right back. I remember doing your accounts for when you were doing boot camps. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, we, uh, Mr. Taxman, I hope you're not listening because, uh, yeah, there was a lot of cash back then. <laughs> So, I mean, I've always been involved in your business to to some degree. We've done events. Um, remember, Feb Fitness Entrepreneur Bootcamp, oh, all of those hell, kind of I. things that we did. Um, hey, even, we didn't have a clue what we're doing, did we? We didn't. We were just blagging it. Making but it I up. think, but the the good thing back then is we didn't have any responsibilities, and it was quite. We could put a lot of time into it. Well, you could take risks, and it didn't really matter if. If, it, if shit went wrong, really yeah. did it. I mean, so we had a fucking mortgage. We, lo- we had a mortgage. Not a Actually, you were, you were all right. Because, I mean, I was making decent cash doing the boot camps and that, but you had a job, right? I did, yeah. I was a, I was solicitor before I had the, the kids. So I had quite a, like, steady, um, bore, some might say boring job. I actually I actually loved doing that. Um, but... But yes, yeah, so we had we kind of had a lot. Of <laughs> I'm saying, I had a boring job and I loved doing it. That's no, them did. are not two something... things. Them are not two things that belong in the same fucking uh, sentence. There was something because um, because of my personality that 
the security and the I know you hate kind of like structure. Well, I, think and I think there's a bit of a there's well, a bit of a place for security and structure. Also, I had a lot of fun doing that job. I was working with young people the same same as me, and we um we had a lot of fun, I had a lot of fun doing. I think that. I suppose also I think there's some value in this concept of familiarity. Starting at the same time every day, lunch at the same. I'm fucking feel sick just talking about it. But some people love that, right? You yeah. love the certainty, the security, if you like, the familiarity, the known, the the, the all of that, the predictable. Yeah. You you quite there was like. no risks. I was quite good at it. I just had to kind of turn up, do me thing, and like I say. And you brought those qualities to my business, which I suppose is why it works. So let's look at. You had familiarity. In that business, you knew what was going to happen day to day. That's what you brought in my business because me loving unfamiliarity and, and, and variety isn't actually a good recipe for business because what I had back then was an unpredictable business. Yes. I'd have these feasts and famines. I'd make, I'd have to push really hard, like almost like a launch process. I'd make loads of money and then make nothing for ages. Yeah. And then make loads of money and make nothing for I, ages. So what I remember from, from before I came into your business is you'd go off to an event and you'd come back with an amazing idea. Oh, and signed up for five different programs. <laughs> and then you'll, you'll, you'll launch something new, make loads of cash, then nearly kill yourself trying to fulfil it, hate it, <laughs> and then go, shit, that wasn't the thing for me. What yeah. what what do I need to do? What, what am I going to do next? Yeah. And it would, it's a constant cycle of that. And I just have all these different programs. And it there? wasn't the thing that was the problem. You loved the, the thrill of the selling, yeah. the thill of marketing the initial delivery clients quite like getting the initial, people started but the monotony of rinse and repeating it doing yeah. it again yeah. um having to fulfill it when that kind the fulfillment became monotonous as yeah. well um and i think there's a lot of people like that oh, me too um and so you brought that from the so, law background, right? Yeah. So what I think when when I came in the business, that was something that I had identified, which you hadn't even thought about before. I think yeah. you always thought, "Oh shit, I don't. This is me business models. Me business models not right. We need to tear everything down and start again." <laughs> when really it wasn't. It was just because you didn't have um, some systems, processes, and things in place mm-hmm. that meant you weren't doing everything all of the time, burning out. Yeah. And then burning things to the ground. Yeah. So that's like. That's that's familiarity. The second thing that I want to touch on in that job, you had it's kind of a similar thing. You had a lot of certainty because you knew you were going to get paid at the end of every month. You knew again what time you started, what time you finished, what time you had lunch, where you went for lunch, probably yeah. what kind of customers were going to come. Same place in. on a Friday. Yeah. Every <laughs> like literally, we used to go out for lunch on a Friday with the with the girls and. Um, you yeah. wouldn't get away with saying that if you weren't on my podcast. What do you mean, the girls? How did you know they were girls? <laughs> There might not be, but uh, what? There might not <laughs> be. Could you not tell by the hair on the back? <laughs> I shouldn't even say that. I shouldn't even say that. Um, so yeah, all of that, obviously, you brought to, to kind of my business. What was the thing that that kind of, what would you say were some of the first things you brought? And again, I'm asking this from a personal point of view, but also because this will be useful for anybody that's in the position that I'm in. What were some of the first things you brought into play in terms of uh, my business? So with the fir- when I first started in your business, it was all like you say, almost kind of a crisis point where you we had some you had probably somebody, ready to fuck it off. You were you had somebody working for you, which what 
it wasn't working out and but we can't but you are you had so much business to fulfill we were kind of under the cosh a little bit in terms of you couldn't let that person go yeah so the first thing that i did when we came in when i came into your business if you remember is i learned how to do what he was doing and i did kind of (laughs) sops not because i was intending on standard operation procedures like like step by step how to do this how to do that yeah and I did them, so I taught myself how to do what he was doing, mm-hmm. and wrote that down, always with the with the the idea in mind that I wasn't going to be doing that forever. I was going to have yeah, to. Yeah, this is a this is an amazing else. this is an amazing point for people because you will come across and I come across people like Paul. I need to get some help. I need to get some admin. I'm like, you need to do this, and then they try and skip it. Mm-hmm. They try and skip it because it's fucking monotonous. And then they get people in, so we call this processes. Leslie started to learn the processes so she could delegate the processes, right? But there had to be some doing of the processes and and recording them and all that. And I see a lot of people skip that part. And then and it then, brings someone Then they hire people, mm-hmm. and then they blame the people for not being able to do the job properly, not doing it like they would, just showing up and doing tasks. So they just blame the per. They actually add more stress to their life by hiring somebody who they thought could do the job, but it's their fault because they focused on people before processes. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. And I think... Um, I think... Because a lot of entrepreneurs, everything's in their head. It's, they find it really difficult yeah. to, especially when it's boring, to get it out of their head. Especially when it's boring, right? Yeah. And a lot of people think, "Oh, it's easier just to do it myself." Yes. But the problem is that can go on forever, and it is sometimes it is easier to do it yourself. Mm. But how long is that going to go on for? It might. It's more, in my in my opinion, it's better off spending a little bit of time training the other person how to do it and then that f- then for then that it's frees gone. up yeah then for the rest of the time that frees up your time to do it's weird else. you know because these type of tasks that we see around ahead these are always the things that we either begrudge having to do because we feel obliged to do them and they're also the shit that we procrastinate on the most so you not only save the time of doing the task you save the time that you fucking piss away trying to motivate yourself and get yourself up for doing it, right? Also, remember that that this shitty little task that you hate doing is probably somebody else's skill set. So that so that task that would take you an hour to do, somebody's actually somebody else is really good at it. Or just wouldn't get done. And now we're procrastinating just, yeah. on, and then an hour doing would take somebody else ten for minutes. For example, bookkeeping accounts, that kind of thing. Spreadsheets. Yeah. So that is somebody else's skill set. Believe it or not, somebody loves sitting doing spreadsheets. Oh, she's sitting out there doing spreadsheets right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, I think um, let's go back to what the original. Yeah, let's go back. So let's go back to to kind of twenty. Was it? It wasn't twenty eighteen. It was twenty nineteen. You kind of came in, decided to go in full time, and I actually remember saying to you, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Because I didn't just want to be. I didn't want you to think like you are my assistant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it felt like at the start, right? Yeah. Oh, Leslie's my PA. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> I'm just being reminded. Remember that every, month we, every month we get it. Uh, Leslie gets a letter delivered to HQ here in South Shields that says... Uh, it's for electric F- bill. FAO, is that what it is? F- oh, For the attention of... F- FAO, Leslie Mort, a personal assistant of <laughs> <at> Paul Mort. <laughs> Well, I'll rip it up and put it in the bed every uh, time it comes. <laughs> and everyone else laughs the dick off, <laughs> even if they haven't got a dick. So that I didn't want that to happen to you because I remember saying to you, listen, I only want you to come in on this like full time if you really fucking want to do it. What was your 
thought process around there? Because you didn't really want to do that. Um, so my thought process about the reason I, d- I decided, I d- and it was a, it was a something that I had to think about because, like you say, I didn't want to just be your assistant. And I think I'm because also- it can fuck up. You've seen people go into business partnerships that aren't married fall out with each other. Fuck me numerous times and never speak to each other again. But you've also seen marriages fucking fall apart because of business partnerships. Yeah. And I think um I think the reason that um it works, me and you work so well together is because we're so different. Yeah, let's come on let's come on to that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've skipped ahead again. <laughs> let's go on to then this concept of not being my personal assistant and you deciding to come well, because in. the reason i brought that up is because we have very different skill sets mm-hmm. um and i knew that i had different things to contribute towards the business than mm-hmm. you th- than you did and also um, an almost complimentary thing like yeah. i knew that i had a lot to bring and i, on, I honestly felt like i could have an impact in the business um and what, gave you, as what a, gave you that belief because you'd never done self-employed before had you no, and that is probably so. The biggest thing, so my resistance against coming into the business was, um, I've never really been self-employed. At the time, I was working with Rachel. Can you remember me, one of my best friends as a director mm-hmm. in her business, and that was like on an advisory level. As yeah, and I yeah, loved doing yeah. that because yeah. it gave me a little bit of independence and it helped. It, it allowed me to still nice. use my brain yeah, and contribute. I hadn't, even, I hadn't even thought about that. Um, so I liked doing that, and um. But I've always kind of been fiercely independent and fe- not felt like I needed to rely on anybody. And I think the, the biggest resistance in the arse sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest resistance about coming into the business and us both being in the business was that I didn't. I felt like I was giving away my independence a little bit. Like mm. I couldn't just go off and do yeah. my own thing. Yeah. It was always going to be because um, there is this battle of. Am I telling you what to do? And then we recently had this battle where I was like, you're telling me what to do. We'll get to that later. I'm sh- do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't want to be that guy that was telling you what to do. And then there's still that, even this morning, I put a couple of tasks in. I'm like, am I telling Leslie what to do here? It's a very interesting dynamic that. So I didn't want to be in that position of telling you what to do. And so let's go back to the first thing that you did was start to put these systems in place. What was your kind of plan to get out of doing that? Because you didn't want to do that forever. No. So I knew, always knew we were going to have to. So the person that w- I was, we were, we were kind of um, trying to move out of the business was not an employee. He was a, he, he was a um, subcontractor. Subcontractor. Yeah, well, two subcontractors. It's an interesting strategy. Uh, this is fucking wild and it blows people's heads off, I want to tell them. 2019 was my first PYE hire and you're talking I must have been through 20 or 30 subcontractors, uh, not consultants, but part-timers, like you pay per hour, freelancers, freelancers, subcontractors. I must have been through 20 or 30, whether that was back when I was doing PT, when I had assistants, when I had coaches help me out, when I hired people to do me Facebook ads, it was all like a subcontract basis. I think and it's you see that it, a lot. I think it's because it feels like less of less of a commitment mm. because you can let them go like that. I think once you when you actually employ somebody, it's quite restrictive. And as an entrepreneur, you don't like to be restricted. Uh, and, and, and you don't like to be rely uh, to 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 be relied upon. You f- and feel there's a fear of 
well, I have to pay this person's bills now. When they're freelance, you know them, they might have other work. You pay them. Here's, here's where I think the shift is, Leslie. You pay them when you need them. Yeah. Which means that you don't see them as a cost. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Except these days, you, you would... You, you need to pay some the, the do people do retainers now don't mm. they so it, you mm. will be tied into a retainer contract just mm. as much as you would an employment contract mm. these days um but i think it's 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 almost like it, it's a, it is a you don't feel quite as committed mm. to um a relationship with a subcontractor mm. as you do bringing on an employee so was your plan then because it wasn't mine <laughs> was your plan then as you were doing all this admin shit that was boring and repetitive and shitty was your plan then always to bring in? So PYE? I did that with a view. Is so I knew what I knew what was needed to be done. So therefore, I could write a job description. I could then come up with the actual job for the hire that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we <laughs> when <laughs> we're just thinking about the hiring process, about that whole thing, we might we might cover that. Yeah. So I I mean, for example. If I hadn't have come into the business, there was there would be no way you would have gone through the process of hiring anybody. No, they wouldn't have this team now. We wouldn't have had the team. I'd just have people who I'd pay a monthly fee to who weren't in the office, who weren't here. I probably wouldn't even have the office. I'd probably still be in Fritzl's basement. <laughs> um, I would. I'd yeah. be just paying people per... I'd be on fucking Elance. I'd be on Fiverr. I'd be on all of those sites just delegating tasks to one person here and one person there and it'd be fucking all over the place. Yeah. I'd have probably cited it off by now. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I would have cited it off by now and be commentating on match of the day. <laughs> really? <laughs> I won't say that. Do you know what? I feel like fucking this off and being a commentator on match of the day, but I've got a feeling it's not that easy. <laughs> so was your thing then always to go after... So my, my vision, first of all, when I came into the business was definitely to find out what... I what, remember working on this in the kitchen on a fucking whiteboard. What help we needed, um, what, the, what the first hire was... Um, and to get that that working before we did anything else, and mm. if you remember, that's when we got macking. Yeah, um, and that was an interesting process. It because was an interesting process because um, we uh, I was going through a lot of learning. I mean, I had I had managed people, and I was a team leader when I was solicitor, and I had managed people, but I had never actually employed anybody myself. So um, that makes two of us. <laughs> so that was a learning process for me as well. Back. Back in the day, um, you think you've had a benefit then of having that corporate background, which I've never fucking had. I went from working in a factory to pretty much being self-employed and being on my own. Whereas you've had that corporate, you know the structure. I've got no idea what the structure. I serve an apprenticeship. So I, I didn't even get a full-time job ever. I studied employment law, so I knew things like I needed an mm. employment contract. I knew that they needed a probation period. I knew. They needed an offer letter. All of that kind of legal bullshit. Mm. But that's but it was the, the difference. What I think, what I've come across working in this industry mm. and having a corporate background is is merging the two together really well. I yes. think I think you can. There's there's a big so my yeah I love this. My training is quite corporate, but it doesn't work in small biz, the small business industry that way. It's not cre- it's not creative enough. It's not creative. It's enough. not. It's too bland. It, yes. Too, so for example, I knew interview. I had interview questions coming out my ears and what you. But, but they're not sparky enough for our individual business. Um, when even job descriptions, job descriptions, all of that kind of thing. So bland, boring, corporate, but, vanilla. Yeah, 
but you but then you you do have to be careful what you say in because for legal reasons you, you it's really no pushing the boundaries between what you can say to get somebody who's got some personality and what you kind of legally shouldn't be saying mm. can you remember the first in, the, the interview the um job advert that we'll put up on facebook for max job can mm. you remember that it got loads of you got loads of um, yeah, Nobel. I'm sure I just said Nobel. I think ends. you said Nobel ends or something like oh, that, and uh, people were going wild. That's not very. That's professional. not very professional. Amazing. <laughs> and then we also I remember putting do not DM me, email this address as a test. And people were still and, fucking DMing yeah, me. So by if you default, can't follow a simple instruction, you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was a learning process for me um, when we first took on Mac, um, and then. I think after we had Mac and we and we were out of crisis mode in terms of we had some help with um, the day to day stuff that, that needed Mac to happen. Started off as a fucking admin assistant. He did I know? But you kind of think about this, Leslie. We I don't think we had any intention of keeping him there either. So we've got you in to do admin with no intention of you staying there. And then I believe that we got Mac in. He didn't have any intention of staying there because he so, told me. Uh, let's be honest. Mac wasn't. The, uh, Mac Mac was, was working in a factory full time on the line. He'd served an apprenticeship in engineering a bit like myself. Mac wasn't the hire for an admin person. Nah. And we we kind of knew that, mm. but you still persuaded us to, to take him on. Um, this was an interesting conversation, wasn't it? It was. So the, the, the pro- you hired Mac because you liked him. <laughs> and he was like you. Yeah. Um, and I knew that, and I wouldn't recommend you do that. You hire no. for the role. It's kind of me made because I'd, so be, I'd train jiu-jitsu with him. And an admin role. Yeah. Um, you want somebody who likes mundane things, spreadsheets, coming in, doing the same thing, who's got attention to detail. Like Leslie. Yeah. You you want somebody like that for that kind of role, and mm. Mac wasn't that person. No. So well, we didn't think he was. So, so for so, but we went in. We, I mean, I remember Nikki V saying, mm-hmm. um, "Nikki V's my coach, retired, but yeah, coach and me. she helped me with. She helped me." Take when we we um, employed Mac, yeah. and she was like, "I'm not sure this is the right person. I think this is just because Puto likes him." Yeah. And so, but we, we went in that with our eyes open. We we kind of knew yeah. that um, Mac was going to help out with this admin role, but we always had in my head. But there's more. Well, it was interesting because I remember us saying to me, "What you said, the reason you like him is because he's like you, and Leslie can't handle two of you in the office. Mm-hmm. She no, can try, but like she won't be able to handle two, like of you. two of you." And then I remember we did this disc personality test which we use all of the time with our clients and and inside of the business and mac was actually the first person ever to be like score level across the board mm-hmm. so do you want to explain a little bit about how we use that and what that is so disc personality test there's a couple of different personality tests i'm saying a couple there's probably loads yeah. but two that i have got experience with which is disc and corby and um and ultimately you want to you build a team so that um, they all have separate, different, complementary yeah. personalities. Yeah. So, for example, but me and Paul, in every single personality test I've ever done, are complete <laughs> opposites. And I think that's how why so we work disc, so So in DISC, for well. example, I'm dom- dominant, dominant and influential. Mm-hmm. And I'm you are... Steady and compliant. Yeah. So... Yeah. And so, that so most business owners are going to be dominant and... and, and uh, Influence. Influential, right? They, they usually are. Yeah. They usually are. And so your first hire, your second hire can't be dominant well, Your business partner really shouldn't. Your business partner. Because right. you're just going to clash heads. You're going to compete yeah. against each other. Yeah. 
And often nothing, nothing will get done. Nothing will get done. So you'll you'll come you'll have a board meeting. Yeah. You'll come up with great ex, great exciting things ideas. to do ideas. You might have a little. You might butt heads a little bit about about whose idea is the best. No. That's what would happen. Yeah, that is what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my idea is the best. Yeah. No, and decisions would never get made. Decisions would never get made. Because neither of you are steady and compliant, you'll leave the boardroom with, right, with amazing ideas, but nobody will go away and implement it. Yeah. And I'm so I'm the implementer, really. Yeah. Um, I will go away. I'll do a step by step plan as how we're, how we're gonna how <laughs> how yeah. we're gonna achieve this goal, and then I'll every day steady and compli- steady steadily chip away at it. Whereas once the ideas in your head is done. The bore, the boring shit, is where you kind of would never, maybe never get it implemented, or you'd just I'd go get out. It started. You'd get it started. I'd get it started. I'd kick it off a few weeks, few months, and then I'd get bored. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. So, so when you're talking about hiring um, and building a team, it's it's very important that you have the right person for the role. So, for example, if um, if you want a coach. Dominant. If you are hiring a coach to help you with coaching, mm. for example, or you are hi- you are hiring a PT to help you on the gym floor, you might want somebody with a, a and dominant still need, and influence. Yeah, and, then, and then still need some level of compliance, I'm sure, because you'd want them to follow the rules. You'd want them to do still do what you want them to. Yeah. So there's probably a little bit of that as well, right? Yeah. If you've got two, it's someone who's dominant, influential is most likely to be fo- want to do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, but however, if if they're coaching people, yeah. th- you want them to be able to influence the yeah. person. Yeah, of course. So so um, but but then also so if you w- want somebody, for example, a video editor. Yeah. To me, that's a steady compli. It's it's such a long monotonous task. Um, that that's a steady compliance role. Pure, poor Connor listens to my voice for eight hours a day every day. An admin role, steady compliant. Yeah. Um, accounts, anything accounts be. Based bookkeeping, anything like that is steady compliant. And that's why they're all boring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what? That's what? Me. What ins- inside of the business right now? Then what are your some of your the key things that you're into right now? In yes, so, inside of the business right now, mm-hmm. I've just got a little note here, just saying uh, building the team. Yeah. So we are. I mean, I think we're on a, a constant revolving. Um, process of building the team and looking at do we need somebody else how can we redefine our roles so for example I've been um, over the last six months when I started doing um, some of my coaching I've had to redefine what I'm doing and delegate some things some tasks that that I've been doing and haven't got ultimately would I'd like to free up my time to do some more coaching what does that mean okay that means these tasks that I'm doing at the moment need to be delegated to somebody Mm -hmm. else Mm -hmm. so I've been going through a process of something that people stop doing I think yeah stop doing this but this is like a constant thing as well you should be constantly kind of redefining your role and looking at ways of not necessarily I mean ultimately it's a business so how can I make more money but also how can I without being fucking miserable how I can mean, I do more of the stuff that I enjoy? And get paid more for it. Yeah. <laughs> How can I do more of the stuff that I enjoy and get paid more money for it? And that's a self-reflection thing as well. Actually, I've loved doing that this quarter. Yes. How can I redefine my role so I can do more of that and less of the stuff that I don't yeah, like to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that's something that is And there's also that revolving. concept of I don't love that anymore. 
Yeah. Like, I don't love doing fucking one-to-one consults anymore, which is, I suppose, why have you let it more? Once I'm in, I love a big room full of people. Yeah. I don't like sitting down with someone one-to-one so much. I think you, you find that out. Love as, that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think that, that that's interesting, staying on the topic of team, one thing that we did, rather than just go and hire a role, and we actually asked our team the same thing. What do you not like doing? Mm-hmm. Like, And this is an interesting thing, because I don't know anybody else that would do this. I'd rather have my current team, who we love and who are fucking amazing, do more shit that they love and less shit that they don't love, and then hire somebody else to do the shit that they don't love as well. So it's fair enough to talk about from an entrepreneur, business owner's point of view, but from a staff point of view, like they're more motivated and fired up than ever because they're not coming to work to do anything that they hate. So we ask them. So that's not just redefining your role, but then also defining their roles as well. So so the stuff that I um, have delegated, I've delegated the majority of it to Kath, which means she's got a little bit more responsibility. But then that also means that she has to delegate stuff that she hates. She hasn't got unlimited amounts of time. So if I give her more stuff to do, she needs to free up time to do that. So therefore she delegated the stuff she doesn't like to do down yeah. to Connor yeah. and it's a constant and like, I think this is powerful again I don't know anyone else to do this it, because it's easy to say right well I just need someone to do this role but it's actually you think about it, most of the roles are tasks mm-hmm. most roles are tasks so I think that it's easy to do as a business owner and say well I don't like doing this and I'm not very good at it it's low fun it's low scale I'm shit at it and delegate that but also if you do that for your team like imagine how much longer your team would stay for. Imagine how much energy would be in your office. Imagine how much, you got to think about this, more profitable they will be for you as well. Because yeah. I think... I think it's recognising their unique skills yeah. and and then yes. and then delegating yeah. to them what, they, they bring energy what and their unique to the skill is. And, and that's, that's a process of, obviously, um, appraisals. Yeah. But also, when we do our planning meetings quarterly and, month, and, and annually... It's like, right, what are our biggest goals and how can you contribute yeah, towards that? And people want to take them on. And, and yeah. And that's where it becomes more than about tasks, right? They're now like, yeah, I'm going to fucking take that on. Yeah, I'm going to nail that. And they have goals inside of the business that actually, we, it's not just us giving them the targets. They're kind of creating their own. It's like a team effort creating so, the yeah. targets. So, for example, Kath's heavily kind of responsible for customer journey and customer mm. relationships. Mm. And she's great at it. Um, so then anything in relation to that, she almost takes the lead on yeah. it. We ask, well, what do you think we should do with that? What yeah. do you think? And, and I think them having space to contribute makes yeah. them feel invested in the business yeah. and the success yeah. of the And business. they're ultimately doing, you got to think about this. People, this is the biggest shift I have, I have had in my business. People come into your business. The reason you hire people is to give you more time, they give you more time and to make your business more money. People forget this, and it's a it's a really touchy subject. That's why you hire staff yeah. to give to buy back some time and to create more money for you. And the biggest shift that I ever had, I probably got to credit Nick James with this, along the lines of like y- y- your staff are are there to free you up from tasks and free you up for so so free you up from tasks that drain your time and drain your energy and free you up to do tasks that give you more money and create more profit for you. So it's like your staff should either be directly bringing you in more money or freeing you up to bring you in more money and more time. And I want to touch on this because some fuck I'll have a dig at this for talking about money. Someone always has a pop at me for talking about money. You got to consider that money is an exchange of value and the the amount of income that we make as self-employed business owners, I haven't had a job for 22 years now. It's a long time that. So I've got no idea. I, I haven't got much 
I don't know what that's like anymore. However, you got to consider that when you're in business, your income is directly fucking correlated to how many people's lives that you change. Your income is directly correlated to um, how many lives you have a positive impact on. You got to think about this. Every business adds value to either people's lives or businesses' lives. That's why you make profit. So you got to get your head around that. I also strongly believe because of the way that my role in, in this in this business has kind of morphed. Um, I get a lot of self-satisfaction out of um, the team and being able to lead the team. And the more money the business makes, the more I can afford to take, pay my team or um, reward my team yeah. and, and, and contribute to their standard of living yeah, as well. You want people to love working with... You want people to love working for you, not That's one it. of my biggest values in the business right yeah. now is to build a happy team who feel fulfilled and it's not just about money but obviously that's why people what are some of the other keys around this then for people watching around the or listening team? in on the team on building a fulfilled and happy team so i think you need to definitely have them involved so they need to know that the business values and i think that comes probably in the right as far as the job advert and making sure you get the right people mm -hmm. in your business yeah um, for your business so we always have interview questions related to the, the, the business the business values yeah. um, so that we can get a feel for the person and whether or not they're a good fit you know what's mad I was just thinking there every single hire we've made but weren't sure the guys I think it's because I feel like we've got a little family yeah. and I feel like um, you're always a little bit nervous of who you let in because if it's the wrong person, mm. um, I suppose because we're having so much personal contact with them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, because we're such a small team, taking on one wrong person can really affect the dynamic of the whole the whole team. And I think it's always you're always a little bit nervous about how how somebody's gonna yeah. come in. Yeah. But I think I think if you do the onboarding pro process right, yeah, and you can kind of. Not um, you can make them understand the business. You can and, groom them. And, yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to use that word, <laughs> but um, steer them. Um, I suppose the right what I direction. meant was like like, uh, and again, the guys will be listening to this, which is mad. We were kind of right on the fence. There was no one like, yeah, this is definitely the right decision. It was almost like, well, this is either going to be amazing or a fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm. Every single hire, this is either going to be fucking great or it's going to go wrong. There wasn't anyone where we're like, this is safe. I don't think there ever is. No, none of them. Do you not? I think um, I think people think the safest hire is like a friend or a family member. It's the fucking the worst. worst hire. It's the worst thing because yeah. um, I mean, except you. But you weren't really a hire; like you were a business partner. You came in as a business, did you? Yeah. Did you? I don't get paid. Hell. I don't get paid. I don't get a salary. <laughs> You're on a PYE. Yeah. Shit. Um, so I thought yeah. I never disciplined you, like. <laughs> so uh, I mean. The other thing I think is that's really important to get your team to to, have, to build a an ex a, an excited team is to make sure they're involved in all of the planning, mm. reviewing, goal setting. Give them. I think I think everybody's um, guilty of this a little bit, and it's something that I've worked on a lot. Is like don't micromanage people. Um, yeah. Make them think for themselves. It's a yeah. big lesson that I've learned. I think micromanaging is the equivalent of fucking babysitting. Yeah. I think I think you have to teach people to think for themselves. And I've been guilty of that before. Like, because I used to do all my planning on a Sunday. Yeah. I used to come into the Monday morning meeting with, right, you need to do this, you need to do that. 
and I was doing all of the thinking so that the team necessarily and then didn't it'll have go on to think. I remember I was right behind where you're sitting yeah. right now. We'll have a fucking whiteboard. And this was transformative for me because I remember it was actually, this is mad. It was the only end of 2020. The end of 2020 was where we made this transformation really in that I was recording my audiobook in London and then all of a sudden I just had this panic. I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on inside of my business because I'd been away for four days and... Um, I wasn't, Leslie wasn't there. The I couldn't see the fucking whiteboard. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I just, I remember sending a panic email. Has this been done? Has this been done? Did you do this? Has this been followed up on? And I emailed everybody. I was, and then I was and like, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, it's all been done. Or this hasn't been, or you didn't tell me about that. You yeah. didn't even tell me about that. And so, then I was like, I'll check the whiteboard. And then suddenly it was fucking hell. Yeah. This is but shit. But then that co also coincided quickly with COVID. Yeah. So, and when people weren't in the office and were working from home, yes. and it was uh, it was difficult to have hell, everything on that. the whiteboard anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that's when we used well, we used a. Sauna. You're acting like we had everyone working from home all the time. <laughs> well, we did for a bit. Yeah, the COVID um, police will be on us. Um, no, we genuinely did for a bit, and everyone hated it. Did yeah. everyone did hate it? We did hate it? Yeah, not just us, but the whole team hated it. Yeah. Kath used to ring us 20 times a day because <laughs> she was lonely, I think, just because she wanted a bit of crap. <laughs> Matt used to come round to the garage and you fucking roll jiu-jitsu in the garage. Aye. Um, Aye. Squat, squat oh, we didn't squat work on. in the same office, but we're, we're fucking sweated all over each other. <laughs> yeah. So so, so let, let's stay on this topic of kind of like, because um, you're specialising right now. We're, we're not going to that part yet. You're specialising right now in kind of working with people that have like one or two team members or just are ready to make their first fucking hire. What are some of the biggest challenges people have at that level? Because I believe that your unique ability is to find the calm and the clarity in amongst most business owners get to this level of confusion and fucking chaos. That's, those are the two biggest challenges, but call it that in for me. Okay, so I think the, prob the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is that they wait, in wait until they're at crisis point before they decide to make a hire. <laughs> And then they make a fast hire and fuck it up. They made and they either make a fast hire and fuck it up, or they haven't actually got the time to sit mm. down and do the process properly in terms of right. What do I need this person to do? Um, <laughs> what does this job description need yeah. to look like? The interview, the the whole application process is rushed. Pass my pen, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I thought of a question and I don't want to interrupt. Um, the whole, uh, the the or they'll go right. Who do I know? Right, I'll get me Auntie Joan in, and she can do this, and and it so, and then it goes wrong, and then they go, oh, I've tried that, I've tried to get hires, and it um, it doesn't work for me. So then they stay stuck. So yeah. I think first of all, if you can, and if you're kind of at the cusp of thinking in the next twelve months I might need somebody, I would actually start and now. I think the first shift you've got to have is these people are going to free me up to add to my bottom line, and they're not a fucking cost. Yeah, staff are there to make your life easier, to add value to your business. And when you add value to your business, you add value to other people's lives. You get paid more. That's the biggest shift you got to have. These people aren't just saving your time because let's face it, when you're an entrepreneur, you sacrifice a lot of time anyway. Mm -hmm. So these people are to save your time and make your money. And obviously for them, you're adding value to their lives. That's why they're going to come and work for you. So the one thing that I wrote down there was the one thing that you will get across. I've hired this VA on people per hour or in virtualassistance.com or on Fiverr, but I don't feel like I'm using them. Yeah. You've had that a load of times, All right? All the time, yeah. Why does that happen? That happens because it's harder to tell somebody what to do than to do it yourself. Mm. Um, and if you haven't got the time to sit down with that person and, and explain it, if you don't have um, instructions 
SOPs, that kind of thing. And we place. do SOPs written, we do it video, and we show I someone. Mean, some pe- people think that it's a time-consuming task. If you're, if it is to start with, it, it? Is, it's an investment. It can be. However, all you have to do, really, if you're really under the cosh for time, is to record yourself doing it. Yeah. So now, you're getting it done, and you're doing your SOP at the yeah. same time. But it's kind of like any investment. You don't get a return straight away. No. You've got to put the fucking time in, and then eventually it pays off. But you've yeah. got to you got to be willing to eat shit for a little bit, actually. So I think the biggest thing that people struggle with first of all is the wait until they're they're at crisis point before they they start hiring so number one don't do that yeah i think the second thing that people do is they don't have so what i come across quite a lot is people don't have things they don't have data anywhere and i think it's really hard Mm. to try and come up with a strategy to try and scale and build your business when you don't know what's working and what's not working yeah you got no previous data yeah and this is one of the things that you've found with people in your coaching program people that have came in our highest end programs that what's the data and they haven't got any so for example i'll say well what's your conversion rate on that yeah they don't know Mm. where'd you get your clients from word of mouth I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's or, that's called for I don't know. Or the, so or they'll be spending a fortune on Facebook ads and see it as a cost. Well, you, is it working? I mean, so they might know the cost per lead or they might know how many leads they have, but they don't know the lifetime value of that client. Mm-hmm. So therefore they don't know whether it's a it's a good return on investment or not. I mean, people people go, oh, I'm getting leads for, and it's costing us $15, $15 per lead. For me, that's all right because our lifetime value of a client is five, five and a half grand or something like that. So, for depending on the quality of the lead, you so you need you need to have that data, yeah. and a lot of people don't have anywhere to store that data. They so don't they're have just CRM they're just system. guessing, blind guessing. Mm-hmm. We're still guessing because anything in the future is guessing, but we've got a very educated guess yeah. on what's going to work, what isn't going to work, and what we should be doing more of, what we should do less of. I think, and that's why people are confused and in chaos because they ha- they haven't got data. Yeah, so they're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. Really, and there's it's still an element of that even for us. But we we're aware that we're trying it out. Yeah. We don't know what the outcome's going to be. Yeah. I think the problem that people that a lot of people have is they're always trying things out. This is where we started. Yeah. yeah. We know that if we do x y and z we will get x amount of people in a program. Yeah. Some it'll vary, but we know that we can fill a program with minimum of x amount of people if we do this process. Yeah. And I think not having that certainty because we've tr- we've got a tried and tested system, yeah, gives us a lot of kind of calm and clarity, and we're not thinking shit. Can we pay the the corporation tax bill at the end of the year? Because we the know <laughs> we know that we've got so we've got systems and processes in place now, and we know that we we can kind of yeah. we're not panicking all the time where the next money's going to come from. Yeah. And what do you think then has been some of the success factors? So we talked about the biggest challenge most business owners at that level mm-hmm. have. What do you think some of the biggest challenges that we've had or you've had doing what you do inside of this business have been? Um, Except me. <laughs> I think, I mean, for on a personal level, mm, yeah. Um, I think probably my big, biggest challenge but also my biggest reward has been around building the team and being in leadership, it being kind of looked up as a leader yeah. it's not something that i've ever really felt uh, ever really 
described myself as a yeah. leader. And we have different styles of leadership. Well, that's what I struggled with. I think yeah. also I always had in my head that a leader is somebody who stands at the table and shouts at people <laughs> and had, tells them what on to the do. We've got a little stage here when I'm running a meeting. I don't even sit down. I stand on the stage, it's, which is so weird. And that's not really my style or personality no. enough. No. So I've had to find my own way to kind of lead and inspire people. That isn't the typical and what's that? Way. What does that look like? For me, it 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 it's it's leading by example. So kind of the standards that I expect of others, holding myself to those standards and and demonstrating them ev- every day. So people say, oh, actually, she's doing that. So that's what she kind of expects from mm-hmm. me. I think um, in terms of the team, I think being I think honesty is a really important thing, and that sometimes results in having to be having to have difficult conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think self-reflection. What could I have done better? Mm-hmm. How could I have... I think it's very easy to blame people mm-hmm. and go off and on. They should have done this this way and they should have done that that way. But it's always... If you self-reflect and think, actually, did I communicate it properly? Did I, are they aware of what my my expectations are? And, and if they've done it wrong, then the answer to that is no. Because I'm sure they don't want to do something yeah. wrong. Yeah. So it's always like, how can I do things better rather than kind of externally blaming other people? Yeah. How can I be better at this? So if that's been one of your biggest challenges then, would you also say it's been one of your biggest successes? A hundred. Well, lessons, it's something that I'm working on every day. Yeah. Um, yes, one of my biggest successes, but I think I'm not there yet. I yeah. think... Um, I, don't think we, I don't think we ever are. No. I think the moment you think you're there... You fucking. You stop and ca- you don't care. Yeah, nah. I think you like, get complacent. Mm-hmm. Things change. What have been some of your other successes then? What would you say? In our business, um, so personally, I think, that you've made fucking happen. I think the coaching academy. I worked hard on that. I think it, it was <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. something that um, we had a, a vision of, and I think um, I would not have been able to bring this vision to life. In the fucking slightest. As soon as red tape started getting mentioned, as soon as accreditation started getting mentioned, as soon as fucking agendas and all that started getting mentioned, I was like, this is not happening. <laughs> yeah. So uh, but, um, so that was a big... So this year, I suppose, if, I, if I'm just looking back... Um, I hadn't even thought about that. Coaching Academy, to me, was a big success this year. I think um, we really struggled... Um, Finding, if you remember, when I'm really happy that we got Connor. Months, four, but, I would say four months to make this higher. But that, so that was where quarterly goal, I think the second quarter, and we went the whole of that quarter not being able to find somebody. Yeah, yeah. Then we had, a, and we, we re-advertised. Re- I think the patience, I think the patience was a win, you know. Maybe the patience yeah. in that process, yeah. because we very could have, very well could have panicked and, or, and and hired somebody who wasn't a fit. And I also and think, I nearly did. I was yeah. like, oh, this we'll just have to get somebody who yeah. will do for and now. You know, I think what what was another win inside of that was the communication, because I was ready to just say, let's get a video guy in and do all the video, and mm-hmm. and the team were like, no, that's not what we need. No. So if I had made that decision, would have been, but had lots of video, but would have been fucked. Yeah. So and that came out of the whole review. It was the whole review process as well, yeah. the quarterly reviewing and yeah. like what. Um, I was ready. You were. You decided that that's uh, what was when I decided time. on who it was. I'd almost made a job offer. But then looking back, Mac was like, "Well, the reason we didn't hit that goal is because I was too busy doing stu- this stuff that I, I shouldn't don't be doing that I shouldn't be doing that I don't particularly like doing." Uh-huh. 
And Kath was like, well, so for example, um, it was like our upsell um, conversion, pro- we, we set targets for that, didn't quite hit it. And Kath was like, well, because I'm doing all of this admin work, I haven't got the time to commit to making personal calls and yeah. following up and yeah. blah, blah, and blah. And I can blah, make blah. one, but then I can't follow it up. Yeah. yeah. So so the, out of that process came actually the person that would, the hire that we need was different to what you initially thought it was. So I think that's very important. Let me talk about this then, because we've just kept this on business. Like we've got a lot going on in our lives. We've got two kids. We don't like missing pickup times. We don't like missing evening activities. We don't like missing anything that they do. You're fucking. You're working out twice a week. You're fucking shredded wheat. You're also. <laughs> <laughs> You've that. got to deal with me. How do you manage all that? Um, because so you're not a one-dimensional douchebag. It would be easy for you to come in and fucking work X till X. And I've been reflecting on it recently. I think, and um, although I don't kind of have this written down anyway, I think I've got quite good boundaries in terms of um, yeah what I do when and it's almost something that I've done or, or done always but kind of never vocalized it before is like when I I don't check my phone between oh. that or, or even if I do I don't reply yeah. to things until the next yeah. morning yeah. if it's if it's in that box or so I kind of categorize and compartmentalize things really well I yeah. think yeah. um I think I do plan, I get up at six o'clock every morning, so I've got an hour to myself before the kids get up where I can get out, where I can get focused on what needs to happen today, um, what are my biggest priorities, if nothing else gets done, what do I want to do? And they are always related to my bigger goals in yeah. terms of um, business, even personal, professional, mm-hmm. like... Um, I'll always check in with like my quarterly goals and oh, I haven't done my cold water dip this week. I need to do that on Sunday. And, mm-hmm. um, it's so it's, I suppose ultimately it's planning, but it's also checking back on what I said I would do. Yeah. Done, do. I think people are... Planning, reviewing, reviewing, planning, planning, reviewing, planning. That's the shit yeah. that people don't like doing. No, they don't. How do they know they're winning? Mm-hmm. How do you know you're fucking winning? Oh, well, I work hard. How do you know that? Because I'm tired. Yeah. Because I've got no time to myself and I'm tired. I'm like, that's not business. I think also, um, you say how, like, you train, uh, only train twice a week now. And you're only training for 30 minutes at a time, and, right? And I only, th- I think it just, I think a lot of things just have to become part of, like, I, and the reason I'd only do twice a week is because I know that'll happen. Regardless, I don't have to push myself to do it. It's kind of, but it's just something that I do now and I don't yes. even think, when you said you, tra- and you train twice a week, like, that's just part of do who it. I am now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's like me doing jujitsu. They're like, how many times a week do you train jujitsu? I'm like, as, as much as Leslie will let me. <laughs> it's funny as well, because at the beginning of the podcast, you said, um, oh, and you haven't drank for 12 months neither. That's not something, if I was to write me goals down for the year, that's not actually, I, I keep forgetting it because it's just something that it's I weird. do. That now. was one of my tasks. It wasn't even a goal. It was just a task that I knew I had to do to hit all the other goals. It's weird. So what made you step in your own, doing your own coaching thing, except Susie Ashworth? <laughs> <laughs> what, made you, what made you make that leap? Because we're already well, running a full-time business. What made you take that on? Between, a combination of seeing people struggle with the same problem over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much out there in terms of people teaching how to make more money. <laughs> and get busier. But nobody te- teaches the, the the fundamental business stuff, which, no. I, which and I get people don't really want to learn as nah. well. I understand nah. that. 
But I think, I think to really make a difference in the business, particularly in our industry and um, not the corporate in- industry, is that um, you just need to know a little bit of. I think, I think a little bit of knowledge and a few little systems and processes and things in yeah. place can make so much difference to yeah. to a business instead of more tactics. I very rarely look at new tactics. Like I'm very, I'm like I know what works. I know what to sell. I know what I market. But I'm, I'm never co- not anymore. Anyway, I'm never looking at a new tactic. Mm-hmm. Never looking at a new tactic because it's the fundamentals that make that that you can scale a business on. Yeah, and I just, I just thought on. I, I realized, I've realized over about three years with people coming to us for elite X consults and stuff that people are all the the same struggles come up over and over again. Yeah. And I really like to ha- I like to be able to help people with that because I think it's my skill set. I think yeah. people aren't teaching it, yeah. um, or they don't teach it in a way that people well, because they don't like it either. People in our industry because they don't like it. It's an interesting dynamic. This because Elite X is our kind of one-to-one business coaching program, but it gets full quickly. It's there's very rarely space on it. Like they're like someone will come to the end of the membership and someone else is waiting to fill it. So and the and the mad part is is these the, as part of this program they get a half day consult. And this is me being very honest here. I don't like it. Because I'm sitting there. One, Leslie ends up taking over because she loves it and it's her skill set too. I don't find it interesting at all. Except when and it it's comes not to building skillset. out the Except when it comes to building out the how we're going to fill this and how we're going to get that client and what am I going to call this and how am I going to create the offer and what do I give people when they sign up and how do I get more leads and how do I close more deals. And but that's that's kind of once you've gone through, once you've got the yes. strategy in place, yes. um, I think people, the biggest struggle that people have is they've missed out the top bit. Yeah, They're the structure. always doing strategy, strategy, strategy. Tactic, ta- tactics, tactics. Sorry, that's what I mean. Tactics, 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 tactics yeah. tactic. Tastics, fantastics, tantastics. They're always doing the bottom bit, yes, without any strategy at the top. Sorry, yeah. without yeah. any strategy at the top. Yeah. And this is this is once critical. you've got the strategy at the top, you only need to really review that. Well, we do it quarterly, no. but your twelve month priorities, you can you, can, and then you can change the ta- tactics from day to day. We need a different word. I for can't that, say that. What's the matter with us? I haven't got my teeth in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, and so then, what made you want to do was the question. So that, yeah. um, and then also, I feel like I've obviously we've talked about me fierce independence and yeah. feeling a little bit relying on things. Yeah. Um, uh, not relying on you, but relying not in control of me own income, yeah. maybe a little bit. Leslie's just bracing herself for when she leaves me, <laughs> and she's now got something of her own. Prepa- uh, no. she's, she's prepping. So I just, I feel, I f- also felt for a little bit like um, playing it safe. Yeah. And yeah. that I haven't really been pushing myself outside my comfort zone. I, so I knew that, so there's, there's certain things in my personal development, particularly doing stuff like this. Mm. Not It's not in my comfort zone. Mm. It's not stuff that I like to do. Mm. And I always like to challenge myself and look at, right, if, 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 if I'm going to grow, what can I do and I knew that this kind of ticked all the boxes in terms of using my unique skill set but also pushing us to do the things that I don't like doing like podcasts and um showing up on social media and I almost mentioned it when I was like I get up at six I'm like that's so you can do your two hours writing your social media post (laughs) stuff that I hate doing (laughs) but I think I think if you force yourself to do the things that you hate yeah um 
No, I don't even think out, it's stuff that you hate. I think it's just stuff that you know, don't no, find just, natural. You find, you find out a lot about yourself, yeah. um, and you you grow um, in ways that you can't even like. I didn't. I, I don't know why I don't like that. So I'm finding out finding out it's the reason. Not a natural extrovert. Well, it is. Yeah. Um, and it's, I used to think it was confidence, but it's not confidence. It's just that I don't really like, I don't know. I think there's a difference between, so I, I've often hide it, hid behind a little bit with, that, with your business, mm. is that people are buying you. Mm-hmm. So if they don't buy, they're not, re- they're, they're, they're rejecting you, <laughs> not me. <laughs> they're not and rejecting I've, me, they're just I've, doing their best. I've hid that, I've hid yeah, behind that for a long time. That's so now if I put myself out there and people don't buy, then... Then, then that's on that's on me, yeah. and it's not necessarily a, a, unlim- a limited belief or anything. I can work my way through it, but as a business owner who is a coach and who people are spying them, yeah. everybody at some level has that kind of yeah. that 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 fear of putting themselves out. So, there. what have you found hardest about building this new thing that you're doing? Um, so that um, I've also so being visible. Is definitely the thing that I find found hardest, but also and you have to be visible. There's no way around it. But also one of the reasons why I decided to do it, to be honest with you, because I think that's part that that was the biggest part that was holding us back. So I'm like, right, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get that conquered, and I have to to be able to help people. So I have that little bit of leverage, I think. Um, but also the doing things that aren't in my skill set. And you've also got this, Leslie. You got you got to think about this: is you don't want to be known as just Paul Mort's wife, right? No, that's that's been a big thing for and you. This, I think. So, so something that I said to Susie on on um, on one of our first coaching calls yeah. actually was that um, why would people buy from me when they could use they could buy from Paul and because you've got such a massive authority and people who know who you are. I'm, I was always thought, well, but Paul's an amazing, amazing coach. Why would people? People know that you're the and secret. I didn't, I didn't want to be a shit version, a shit, a cheaper <laughs> version of Paul. Yes. So I think I. So, I, but I, I feel like I have something completely different to offer that you do. I, I just agree. have to get better at communicating that to mm. people. Mm. I think, and that has that been one of the most difficult parts. Eh? Yes, I think it, it's been one of the most difficult parts, and I think um, something else that I have found hard. <laughs> Is I've never had to write sales copy. I've never had to do all, all that stuff's your unique ability, yeah. which I would la- which happily allow you to do because you're great at it. You can why would write I off unless I'm on commission? Why would I? No, no. So you've always done that for yeah, this so you for our had business. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never had to think about it. I've never even thought. Um, why is he written that? I've just kind of let you get on with that, yeah. and then when I've had to come to do this for my cl- clients, my client avatar, my I've. I've loved the process of it, but it's something that's new to us. And um, and I didn't tell you this, but I might have emailed the copywriter that we use and said, can you finish this off? <laughs> oh, well, he sent me a voice. He sent me a one minute, 20 really? minute voice note. Yeah, one minute, 20 second voice note, which is my equivalent of a podcast. So I haven't listened to it yet. And I was wondering why he sent me that. Yeah. Out I of the just, blue. It's like 80% done. And it was my goal to get it done by the end of yeah, the well, year. What's mad is you would tell someone right you would tell someone that you were coaching to delegate that i would the problem is it's not cheap to get someone good i think also 
No, it's not. And there's also, I think it's also a skill that you, as a business owner, should have some understanding knowledge. of. Yeah, because how would you know whether they've done a good job? Yeah, whether or not, so I, yeah, don't have to be an expert at it. Mm. But I think going through the process and understanding it is definitely been a, been a learning curve. You know, Leslie, as a business owner, I think <laughs> copywriting is one of the most important skills you could ever learn. I do. I because it's it's everything from your Facebook posts, to your Instagram, Instagram posts, to your emails, to your your PowerPoint slides, to your, your titling talks to you running your ads to you all of that stuff to sales all of that is copywriting i think as a as a as a business owner if you get that skill because it's expensive to delegate to somebody good what i have learned in my favor is that i'm not as shit as i thought i was (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which part of it a kind of so the copywriting and that so because i've been around this environment for a long time I don't know, actually, it's a double-edged sword mm. because I know some really amazing copywriting copywriters. You and I, ha- I kind of... So it's a comparison frame, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I compare myself to you. I compare years. myself to Susie. Mm. I compare myself to Nick James, those kind of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hang on, I've never wrote any copy before and I'm trying. Ex- I'm expecting that, that standard of yeah. copywriting from me. Yeah. But then also, I'm not starting from scratch because I've been around these kind of people. Yeah. Um, have a bit more knowledge yeah. like i do things naturally yeah. which i've learned from you and other yeah. people which so i'm not yeah, completely yeah, 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 starting yeah. from yes. scratch yes um the way that you the call putting a call to action on everything something that is just so i wouldn't even let think me ask you this question what's your advice for someone who's making posts putting calls to action then and then nothing's happening because you're having that a bit right i've had it loads I think you have to be consistent. I find just keep showing up anyway. Just keep doing it anyway. I think um, I'm doing it a lot for um, authority, so that if somebody looks at my because for a long time I didn't post anything on social media. Pictures of kids and food. it was just literally my personal <laughs> thing. Yeah, and it's not good. So I want somebody in six months' time to go on my social media mm-hmm. and go, oh yeah, she's um. Uh, it, it, my social media will then look different yeah. in six months time yeah, than what yeah, it does yeah, now yeah, nice. so I think you just have to be consistent at it and I don't think it, I don't think it's an easy fix yeah. um, I have posted some like boosted some posts which helps a little bit people expect amazing things from boosted posts when I boost a post I might get a couple of extra followers you do that consistently over 12 months you get a bit extra I, I, think didn't, you know just, I didn't even know you'd done that I think you just it's just I'm I'm in it for the I'm in it for the process a lot yeah. rather than um yeah. rather than for um for quick wins instant gratification I think yeah. and I think so that's probably what you have to you have to be yeah. willing to just be consistent and show up when things don't feel like it's doing anything yeah so last question because I know we're running out of time and also I need a poo <laughs> I love you <laughs> what are some of your goals for next year 2023 um. I what? can't even think about I've been asked this loads. I'm like, I don't know because I'm still doing this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's only three weeks left of the year, but I haven't checked out yet. You haven't either, have you? No, I haven't. I've still got um me cold water dips to do. I've still got two of them left to do. Yes. Um probably my biggest wins this year, I think, is one it sounds weird, but cold water dips have been my biggest like the cold is I'm um, I'm actually hugging a hot water bottle at the minute. The cold is. I've I'm got that one person. popping out me bud. I'm that. Co- <laughs> I'm that cold person, and it's something that I've really struggled with. Yeah. Um, and I've stuck with it because I think 
if you challenge yourself, um, if you can sit in the uncomfort, the co- uncomfort, com- extreme discomfort, mm. it trains your brain to be able to do other uncomfortable things. Mm. And you feel fucking great after. Um, yeah. I do, I, see, I don't. That's the thing. It absolutely <laughs> wipes us. I, it takes me so long to warm and up. And that's why it wipes you, because your body exa- has to work harder to warm back up. I'm exhausted from it. so because um, you got, really haven't got enough body fat, that's why. <laughs> On my fingers. It's my fingers <laughs> I struggle like. <laughs> um, so I've still got things that I'm working on. Um, hopefully that will get boxed off by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Next year, I think it needs... So it's going to be a lot about... Um, me and the growth of the business um in terms of how i can contribute more and bring more value um how are you going to manage this <laughs> we're quite literally having a fucking personal meeting here how are you going to manage this not battle but how are you going to manage this little thing between growing this unstoppable business and doing your own thing how are you going to manage that great a cop cop mentalizer sack dicks <laughs> Just cob sharp mental and in tactics. So uh, really, it's just going to be about um, blocking out blocking time. Out me time. I've already d- I already do. So I have done. So Tuesdays and Thursdays is when I work on my coaching. <laughs> do you know what's mad? I look already? in your calendar and it just says my stuff. <laughs> Keep free my stuff. Yeah. So it's just that's how I'm going to do it, and it, it's working so far. And that I intend to do. That's how I do it. See? Um, I'm very clear on. Um, how I can bring more value to the business personally, but also um, we could. I think we need to grow the team again next year. I think we need um, a, probably a, at least another m- team member. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to say what what goals are for a, as a business well, until we it, yeah. have we haven't really reviewed this year, have we? Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting thing, you know, because I said about the personal thing because it's the same with me. I'm, I was just thinking there as a business, but inside of the business, I also have a lot of personal goals that often, like personal career think, goals, that often don't impact the business that much. Do you get what, do you know what I mean? when you're a business owner, your goals are all kind of related, not necessarily to making money, but in personal growth. Fulfillment. Is is part of the business, isn't yeah. it? Growing as a as a business owner is also kind of part of your personal development. Yeah, and I think you've got to not forget these little personal, not hobbies, but these personal projects inside your business. Like, so for example me filling a theatre doesn't actually impact the business that much really there's other things I could be doing but that's what I love doing mm-hmm. travelling to go and speak in events doesn't grow the business that much but it's very personally fulfilling and I think we've got to not forget why we started the business mm-hmm. we didn't start businesses to do shit that we fucking hate we didn't start businesses to get lost in how much money can I make the business we started the business to get paid for doing what we love I believe I agree and I think that and that's the one thing we fucking get told to stop doing it is, and when you um, when you get stuck in that emergency mode that we talked about at the yeah, beginning, where yeah. you're too busy to scale, but you're too busy to take anybody on, and you're too busy to do the the systems and processes that you need, that's re- that's a dangerous pl- 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 point to be at. Yeah. So I think um, the goal for any business owner should always be to to be very clear about what makes them happy in their business, what their vision is for the business and what fulfills them personally and How professionally. How I get paid more for doing more of what I love and less of what I hate? So that for me is the ultimate and it's never talked about really. No. It's the ultimate. It's always like, how can I make more money? How can I scale? How can I hire people? It's like, let's not forget like 
we we I want to be fucking excited to go to work, not fucking dreading it. Because if I wanted to get paid for doing something that I hate, I'd fucking have a I'd work offshore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for um for twenty twenty three, personally, my goals are um. It's going to be a big birthday for me. This oh, year. hey, hey. And I think that always makes you reflect, like, when you are when you are younger, when you think about yourself as, like, a, a 40, like, oh, gaji, gaji, old person. Uh, yeah. So, um, so there's, I want to s- travel on my own. What the fuck? I saw this on your Instagram. I'm like, how come I haven't talked about this, please? And why am I not invited? Well, yeah, so there's travel with you as well. Um, Why am I not invited to these other trips? I, don't know, like? I just feel like I feel like it's a personal goal. One of my friends has been travelling on her own, and she's and, got and no kids and isn't married. No, she's not. But um, I think it's a it's a very brave thing to do, and I think um, it makes you. So I want to know who's going to look after. A, I want to know who's going to look after me kids. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this is getting a little bit deeper than I expected it to get. But I think it's a brave thing to do. And I think for me personally, who um, struggles a little bit with um, maybe striking up a conversation with a stranger, I think I would... F- so when I say travel, it probably would be an event that I have to turn up to and make friends. Yeah, I was going to say, go on holiday <laughs> on your own. You can fuck right off. Yeah, like something <laughs> where I ha- have to yeah, turn sick. up on my own. Sick. I can't hide behind the fact that I'm sat with you or dispenser. sat with a... You've got to get on the dispenser vibe. Sat with a friend and sit and talk and spend the time yeah, with them. Sick. Like I have to mingle yeah, and, and, and network and, yeah, and that rub kind noses of thing, with people which is never something met. that I find uncomfortable. Yeah, um, so that's, that's a... That's a goal, mm, nice. and that's the reason why I've never really explained it to you. You think yeah. I just want to fuck off on a? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, where you going, like Abitha? Um, that would be nice. I could go partying on my own. Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> aye, aye. Um, and then I think probably, um, obviously we'll have holiday goals. I think one of my biggest values is travel, which I've found out, and I think a lot of the reason, one of the reasons why I've set up this, um, this, this coaching. My own coaching is that the me long term vision, I can see me doing this from anywhere. So in like ten years time, when the kids are up and we can be anywhere in the world that we want to be, this is something that I can see myself. Oh, doing. So you're still going to be earning. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is something I am done. Then I can see myself doing. Yeah. Um, from yeah, there. Nice. Yeah. Um. So that's c- probably kind of the ultimate. Yeah. Vision, last very last question. Vision. What didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? Um, what do you mean? What question did I not ask that I should have asked? You don't have to answer. You can say none. You're amazing at podcasting. You, well, you are amazing at podcasting. You didn't even talk over us that much this time, so that's great. Well, because you were telling us things that I've never fucking heard. <laughs> you were telling me things that I wasn't expecting to come out of your mouth. And like, I there you go. Okay, there we go. I did hey. it. Hey, I love you. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie Maud. Uh, don't forget, guys, subscribe, uh, share the podcast. Uh, I thought I enjoyed this today. And again, listen, if you want me to keep the podcast going, um, I'm kind of relying on you to spread the word. Let's go.